Welcome to You're Allowed to Hate Your Husband, a modern day love story. I am Remy Stern. I'm a relationship coach, and we are going to talk all things relationships from being single to dating to being engaged, married, because who you marry is the most important decision you will ever make. It is the person you go to bed with every single night, wake up with every single morning, share finances with, eat a lot of meals with. And guess what? When two people are deciding what meal to eat one night, it is nearly impossible. And if you think about it, you are putting a man who is has man tendencies typically, and a woman under the same roof into the same house and saying, figure it out, figure out how to live amongst each other, figure out how to build a life together. It is actually very counterintuitive to human nature and human beings. And we are often not given the right tools on how to be married, let alone how to choose that partner. Wherever you are on the journey, if you are single, if you are dating, if you are married, a lot of this, if not all, boils down to your relationship with yourself. And if that is strong, it will trickle into all aspects of your relationship which is vital for a happy life. Esther Perel says, the quality of your relationships determines the quality of your life. And it is true. It determines the quality of your life. So why not do it with intention, do it with knowledge and understanding and be the best version of yourself so that you can show up in a relationship as the best, best, best version and make that relationship amazing. So we are going to talk all things relationships. I care so much about this because unfortunately I watched my parents go through a horrible divorce and it is painful for the couple and it is painful for the kids. And I made it my life mission to teach people how to be in a healthy relationship so that that doesn't happen. Because if you look at it, at the rate we're going, I think it's 50%, if not more, of the country is divorced. And I'm assuming when somebody is getting married and saying their vows, saying I do, however their customary way is to get married, they are not thinking, this is my first marriage. You know, they're not thinking, eh, this might end in divorce. But the rate we're going with the statistics we have, more than likely your marriage won't work out. And that is a very sad statistic for the couple, for the kids, for a lot of people. And I care so much about turning that around and teaching you and teaching people how to be married and how to be in a healthy, loving, giving, respectful, exciting, fun marriage. Because this is our one life. Don't you want to have fun? Let's change the rhetoric of, you know, when you get married, your life is over and that marriage expands things. It is amazing. It enhances all aspects of your life. So on this podcast, we are going to talk with people who are just like you, whether they are dating or married, and we are going to get advice from those people on how to enhance your own dating and marriage journey through their own experience. We are going to talk to professionals in the field, other relationship coaches, other dating coaches, other marriage coaches, people who have really studied this and have amazing life-changing insights. I am so excited for you to hear from these people. We will also have conversations, me and my husband, Jonathan, 
who is the most amazing person in the entire world. And I am so lucky to be married to him. It is hard work marriage. My mother-in-law said to him on my wedding day, marriage is the hardest job you will ever have. And it is true, but it is the most rewarding, heart-opening, soul-finding, beautiful, fun, amazing thing in the entire world, especially with the right tools to make it that way. Because again, if you are feeling like, oh my God, how do I, whether you're dating and how do I find this person or you're married, how do I stay with this person? If you're thinking, I, what am I doing wrong? Everybody else has it right. Then you are in the right place because trust me, nobody knows what they're doing. Everybody is feeling the way you're feeling. And it is time to really gain the tools to have an extremely strong foundation in order to build a life with. And I came into this, I discovered this through hardship, through seeing what, unfortunately, a failed marriage can do. And I experienced those hard feelings. I've experienced the hard feelings in marriage. And because of that, I care so much to help other people through it. In this first episode, you really get to know me and Jonathan. You get to know how our marriage works, our dynamic, and see how we met and how we got to where we are today. And we're going to give you a lot of great tips on dating and marriage to take with you today on how to live your best life. So if you are in a happy, loving relationship, you are going to live a happy, loving life. And being in a happy, loving relationship is not an innate given thing. It is a learned skill. Loving somebody is actually a verb. It is not a noun. So we think sometimes that we might have fallen out of love with someone because we don't feel the love. That's a noun. You know, we don't feel the love inside of us. But love is not in a marriage is not a noun. It is a verb. It is about consistently showing up and being love and giving love. And that goes for yourself as well for, as for the other person. If you want to be happy, it's not innate that you're going to be happy. You have to show up and make the decision. Make the decision to be in love. Make the decision to be happy because it is an everyday decision. And if you are wondering why this is called you're allowed to hate your husband, it is not because I want you to hate your husband. It is the exact opposite. We are going to show you what it really means to love somebody so deeply and fully in that unconditional love for someone. And where the title came from was one day I was on my phone and all of a sudden Michelle Obama pops up on a talk show and she said, you know, I hated Barack for 10 years. And I said, huh? Michelle hated Barack for 10 years? Does that mean I'm allowed to hate my husband sometimes? And then any time that he would, do something. And I'd be like, ah, this is so hard. I would remember that Michelle said that and I would start laughing and it would lighten the mood. And it just made me realize that life is lighter than you make it out to be. And when I started laughing, whatever I was annoyed with fell away. So that is what I want for you. I want for you to choose a partner that is going to make your life better, who is going to push you and challenge you and excite you and really build a life of purpose and meaning and love. I want you to choose that person 
And I want you to stay with that person. I'm so excited. Please hop right in, listen to this episode, listen to this series. And we are so excited that you are joining us here. Okay. I'm so excited. I think you were born to do this. I really do. Do you want to know why? I think you are actually for 20 plus years of your life, a professional dater and you should be paid to make dates and you should be paid to know how to date. And you were a professional dater for 20 years for this exact moment. To have I, a am podcast. A, I was for 20 years a very successful oh dater. <laughs> However, I wouldn't say a professional dater. Okay. It was just one of my things that gave me a lot of enjoyment in life. Oh and I happen to be very talented at it. Well, you literally um, looked for girls like you looked for deals on Facebook. You would look at 1000%. Yes. An enormous amount of my time was a good amount of my time was spent either looking for a life mate um, or a fun Saturday night experience. Oh my God. <laughs> That's wild. So there was two categories. There was life mate and there was fun Saturday night, right? Yes. If you're looking for a wife, which is a beautiful thing to do, um, timing comes into play. Uh, where you are in, in your own life comes into play. A lot of factors. But you don't want to only look for a wife because you're going to hear no many times over, most likely, until the right girl comes along at the right time. So instead of hearing no all the time, being depressed, letting yourself down and just being sad that you're not finding that that winner that you want to spend the rest of your life with. Go have a little fun. Go dance. Have something that's meaningless and stay up late and have one too many drinks. And there's a lot of fun in that. Okay. First of all, before I answer or ask my question about that, can you just tell everyone, um, how old you were on our first date? <laughs> 37 years old. Okay, 37. So you had, let's put it, 20 years of dating before you settled down. Yes. And I have so many questions in there because there's just so much goodness. But first of all, like you're saying there's these two categories. There's the Saturday night fun mm -hmm. and there is the wife. And I think it's like one of the most typical questions girls have is, how do you make it into the wife category? Because nobody wants to necessarily be the Saturday night fun, but, and you, of course, a guy is gonna say what they need to say and do what they need to do. And every girl's gonna, and is for somebody, of course, the, the um, wife category. Like, how did you determine whether, <laughs> which night it was? Okay, so first of all, we can get to that question in a little bit, but I think we need to rewind and you need to put yourself in a guy's, in guy's shoes for a minute. You show up to a date on a Saturday night. You then realize, I don't see myself spending the rest of my life with her. You usually know within five minutes whether it's like she actually really has a chance or whether it's like, okay, she's very nice, but just like I'm not spending the rest of my entire life, 50 years plus, building a family and spending 24-7 with this woman. So you know within five minutes if she's gonna be the one or not, or at least if she has a chance to. If she's not, does that mean you just get up and leave, cancel your your appetizers, your entree, your dessert, and just go home? 
go to go to the office on a Saturday night or go go meet up with your buddies. No, you you, may, you, you have a date. Um, you enjoy yourself. You hope for the best. Sometimes it takes a little longer for you to qualify. It's not always five minutes, but um, you realize that once you invest yourself or you commit yourself to a date, you might as well enjoy it, right? So a lot of times, a guy after one drink, two drinks, or three drinks, even if he knows he's not, you know, okay, you're not gonna, he's not gonna marry you, he's still gonna want to potentially get you back home so you can dance a little bit, have a little fun. And then he could tell his boys a fun little story on, on Sunday or Monday morning. And, you know, like that's, that's just totally understandable. I think that's nature. So now that you understand a guy's mentality, you can then potentially answer the question a little bit better yourself. Oh, for sure. It's every girl's question is like understanding what the guy is thinking. And I think for a woman, you know, and this might be controversial to say, I think it is very rare for a woman to enjoy a one-night situation. It's just not built in us. And it, it makes sense, and I've, I've I heard this once upon a time, that biologically, and again, this might be out there, but men are meant to, you know, procreate and out there and kind of like boom, 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 you know? And that's the way their their body is built biologically, whereas a woman biologically with this decision of who she spends her night with, she could have the repercussion of a nine-month situation, like being pregnant. And of course, it's a beautiful blessing of a situation where we're going back to like, let's say like hunter-gatherer times. Like you've got this nine months of a decision you've just made and then the rest of the baby's life, you know, so in the kid's life. So for a woman, I don't think it comes with just like for the most part, typically just enjoying a one night situation. We are typically evaluating the guy, you know, and thinking, oh, we, we tend to be internal creatures too, like maybe overthinking the situation as we, you know, we, we always think we're like, we're overthinking it. Is he texting me? Is he not texting me? Does he like me? Does he not? Did he see it as a one night thing? Does he see it as like, we're constantly thinking about it. And if that's the case, men, immediately put you in one box or the other box. And every girl is and wants to be in the wife material box. How do you deal with that? You know, how does, how does a woman feel like and become wife material? Okay, so there's a lot to talk about, but um, first of all, I am who I am. I'm unique and every guy is different and every guy is unique, okay? so. I might have my story, my path, my journey, but to each their own. Every single one of my friends, there's a lot of us that have similar desires as to what type of girl we want to end up with, okay? But everybody's kind of looking for their own match, their own partner that they want to spend the rest of their life with. And not everybody's looking for the same thing. So how does a girl who's dating Yes, I'm gonna answer two questions. How does a girl become one of those girls that ends up being in the box of wife material? Every guy's looking for someone else. So I think it's more important instead of asking, how do I get into a guy's wife material category? I think all females should go on dates and think for themselves, forget the guy. Hmm. Who do I wanna spend the rest of my life with? Who do I, does this gentleman who I'm sitting across the dinner table, 
is he someone I can respect, someone I can adore, somebody I can fall in love with, someone I can build a family with, someone I can trust, someone who I, who I hope is going to be honest with me, someone who could be intimate with me, whether it's behind closed doors in the bedroom or whether it's just in the living room or on the couch or in a taxi. Um, you know, you want somebody that you can connect with. So you should be going on dates instead of with the objective, you meaning women, instead of the objective, how do I get into this guy's wife category? Let me put on that dress and put really? that hat on. You should be thinking, is this someone I would be happy spending the rest of my life with and giving my all to? Brilliant. Despite the title of this podcast, this is literally why I love you. So bravo, husband. And this is exactly what I tell my clients. And ironically, you kind of inform me on everything that I tell my clients, if I want to accept that fact or not. But it's true that, you know, okay, men think one way. Good for you guys. You guys are animals and disgusting. Absolutely. (laughs) And we love it. Okay, so have fun. It's kind of that idea of this locker room talk, like the way that you talk to your guys, just don't you ever dare talk to me that way. Sometimes I find it funny, but but for a woman on the sure. other side, where Very it might true. be a more you know, intricate, delicate, and complicated situation. Men, it's a little more point A to point B, and that's that's part of the masculine and the you know feminine, and they complement each other beautifully. And of course, some women have some more masculine, some men have more feminine. Like, There's all types of things, but in general, um, there's the way that men think, right? It's the mass, it's the point A to point B, putting things into box, very simple. And then there's the woman's side where, like you said, say if you're dating, you show up on a date and all you need to think about is, I am looking for my life partner or I'm looking to have a fun time. And if for me, a fun time means a one night situation, okay, go for it, do do it, but really tap into yourself and know if that's actually what you want, not just giving something away so that the guy likes you. Rather, focus on liking yourself, loving yourself, filling yourself up, being wife material, if you want to call it that. And like, because you just know that you are this like glowing, shining, happy person, walk into the room, whether it's a date whether it's a function or a coffee shop or wherever you're going work, walk in as the queen of the place. Feel so amazing because you want the person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with to say, that is my wife. That woman is beautiful. She is shining. Our values match up. I see our life you know, together and that is my wife. And if it's not the case, there's no reason to be like, oh, no, now I'm in his one night stand category because you're not. You know, you made the decision. You're not. You know your own worth, your own value. You get to make the decision whether or not you are. You know, don't do it just to make the guy like you. However, sometimes, you know, one night thing happens on the first night and the people end up getting married. It it really just depends. Um, but the, the main focus is to become that quote-unquote wife material, the best version of yourself, right? Okay. Would you say so? Yeah, but I I do think that time comes into play a lot. I think that um, you want to be wife material. You want to be classy. You want to be your best self. But at the same time, if you're 21, you haven't figured yourself out yet, you know, you could, you showed up on one of our dates in the first five dates. You had 12 shots and you threw up all over my apartment. Oh my God. Okay, that's not wife material. <laughs> but 
I loved the person that I was getting to know. Mm-hmm. I loved your values. And I didn't mind. I cleaned up your throw up. I fell asleep on the couch and on to the next morning. It's all good. I'm convinced. No I'm convinced that that is the night that you started liking me. It's not the reason. It has nothing to do with why I started liking you. I liked you before you threw up. So you threw up in my apartment and it had no effect. I liked you before. It just started to show because you started to realize, oh, wow, I threw up all over his apartment and the guy's still calling me in the morning. I liked you before you threw up in my apartment. So when I threw up all over your apartment, which I'm definitely not proud of this, this moment, but I remember thinking, because I liked you so much, I met you. And first of all, I was lied to about your age. I was told you were 32. We, we have a close to 15 year gap. <laughs> and on the date, you said, you know, it was my younger brother's 35th birthday last night. And I was said, huh? Your younger brother's what? So you were older than me, right? And I, I wasn't expecting that. And it's, it's one of those things that when you least expect it, that it, that's when it happens. And what you least expect is probably what you're going to get. But well, we'll talk about that in a second. But I liked you so much. And it was different. You know, it's that idea that there was something different. And I didn't believe that that would happen, that it exists, you know, like when you know, you know. But anyways, I'm going to get to my story. And then there's, I feel like, a few gems in there. Um but I liked you so much and I didn't want to mess it up. And I was trying to do everything perfect. And then authenticity comes through. I got too drunk and ended up, like you said, throwing up all over your apartment. And I wake up the next morning and you, I couldn't find you anywhere. And I said, oh my God, I just messed up this entire thing. What the heck did I just do? And from that day moving forward, you didn't let me leave your apartment till 5 p.m. the next day, which I think was rare for you because I don't think you had many girls even sleep over before me. And or they probably left pretty early in the morning. Much better sleep solo. It's probably if, true. If, I'm not a big cuddle person. you can person. achieve that. <laughs> yeah, nice night of sleep definitely helps. And I, I ordered breakfast because I was like, I have to do something to resurrect the situation. And I just remember we, it was so authentic after that, you know, like humanness, humanity came through of just me being not perfect. I was not perfect in that moment. And you texted me that night, you've never looked more beautiful. And I said, guys, what is happening? And we obviously a few steps happened after that, but it seemed like almost like authenticity could come through once a mistake was made. And it was a nice transition in, in the relationship. Okay. I'm with you. Okay, so that was just a fun story. I think that um, a topic that also comes up for people is when you know, you know. And I think a lot of, and I speak to a lot of women because that's the field that I'm in and I'm around it. Um, And a lot of women are like, but what if I don't know? And the question of when you're dating somebody or when you're single and not with anyone and you know, it's easy to like not trust that it's going to happen, but, or you're dating someone and they have great things about them, but there's things that, you know, you don't love and you can't decide if those are deal breakers. Like that, that idea of when, you know, you know, when there's something different in the air, what would you say about that? And like, kind of when you knew with me. That's a big question. Um, it's a sensitive question. It's definitely not one correct answer 
in the entire world. However, with that said, you ask my opinion. When you know, you know. I think that if you're if you're if you're truly looking to settle down and start a fit and start a new beautiful chapter in your life, start a family, get married, whatever it is, commit to spending the rest of your life with someone. Um, I th- I think it is a when you know you know. Like if you're not sure, then you realize this after you find the one that you're happy to spend the rest of your life with. If you're really not sure, it's probably not your best partner. Mm-hmm. I, I've heard probably not. I've heard huh. when you know you know, and when you don't know, you know. Right. However, as you're trying. And it's not like we're all been married a hundred times where it's like, you know, you don't know, you know, you don't know. It's like usually until you're married, you're you've never been married before. You don't really know when you're supposed to know. I I don't know. That wasn't exactly English. But (laughs) if it feels right, if it feels great, if your vision aligns with your mate, if you discuss just kind of like what your future hopefully looks like where you're going to be, if you have any traditions, religion. Um, I mean, I, you might want to talk about schooling. You know, if, if, if you're together and your visions align and you're in love and it all makes sense, that's it. You got it. Yeah. Things can get in the way. You can get family's opinions. You can get, well, this makes sense, but I feel like something's missing. I mean, you, you got problems that are out there mm-hmm. and people deal with this on a daily basis. Yeah. And I think it's hard because nobody's perfect, right? So whoever you're going to meet or end up with, there's going to be something about that person that you just don't really like very much. Right. And if you're looking for perfection, perfection, you're not going to find it. But when you're looking for Mr. Right, for lack of a better word, you'll find it. And there's that one in very hard to describe piece, which is that like that connection, something connects. I think you've said it before of like the Wi-Fi connects, right? That that yes. spark, the, how would you describe that one thing that's like, okay, great. You know, your vision ma- matches for life, your values match, but I just don't know. I can't, I can't get Correct. myself to feel that thing. Like what is that, that feeling? Okay. So I've dated some amazing women in, in my past. Um, you know, thank God I had a lot of really nice relationships. And I worked on them. Maybe I wasn't really, it wasn't my timing. Maybe I wasn't perfect at the time. Maybe I was still growing up. Maybe they were, I don't know, maybe it was both of us, but um, I had some great relationships. And on paper, a lot of them made a lot of sense. But, you know, sometimes a relationship just doesn't get to that next step. And the Wi-Fi, like you said, like, like I explained, it just doesn't connect. You just don't have Wi-Fi. You don't got the service. It's, you know, like you just don't progress. So you're like, okay, well, listen, this relationship like made sense. wasn't perfect. Um, it was okay. It was great. Whatever you want, whatever type of relationship you're in. And, um, and then you realize you move on and then you just keep looking and you keep looking and you say, when am I supposed to know? And then you meet someone, you're happy, you're in love, you You've got something really special and you say, aha, this is what full service, this is what five bars feels like. And everybody finds their own Wi-Fi. I hope they find what they're looking for. 
Everybody's got yeah. a different set of goals as to what they're looking for in their mate. So I hope everybody finds, you know, their partner. Yeah, it's it's funny because if you just look at like relationships, if you look around, maybe relationships you've had, I feel like they kind of fall into two buckets of like one that feels really good, right? And you love each other and you have fun and, you know, all is well, right? But when it comes down to like how to raise a family and the values portion and that doesn't match up, that's like a big portion of it. You're marrying someone. You're you're not, you know, feeling good for the rest of your life is wonderful. But when you get 10, 15, 20 years down the line and real things come up, there becomes a huge issue. And I would almost say that that's probably our biggest issue in our culture today. And I actually had someone describe it to me before in, in Jewish terms that our description of what a soulmate is is not exactly correct in, in terms of long-term marriage. And if you look at our country, 40, 50, maybe it's over 50% of marriages fail. And I don't know about you and everybody out there, but that, that doesn't sound so enjoyable. Like you want to sign up for the long-term, right? And they described that our, our version of a soulmate is really a best friend. It's someone who feels really good, you have fun with them. You can travel with them. You can watch Netflix on the couch. You can cry. You can laugh. Like, it just feels good. All is well, right? But that's not the definition of, in Jewish terms, a besheret. A besheret is your your soul's counterpart to itself. I actually remember that's from um, Wedding Crashers, too. It's a quote from Wedding Crashers. It's like, you're looking for your soul's counterpart to itself. And that person, that's your soul's counterpart to itself, might even be the harder option to be with, the harder person to be with, because they make you grow, become a better person. And when that's happening, like think about when you wake up in the morning and you'd you'd rather wake up at 10 and go order a bagel. And like, that's very easy, right? Versus mm-hmm. the partner, and this is more of a metaphor, who makes you wake up at 6, 7 a.m. and go to the gym and get make a healthy breakfast. And like, that the person who makes you a better person helps you grow sometimes is more difficult to be with, but is the right person for your life's trajectory. So just to finish my thought, there's those type of relationships where we often honestly marry that person who feels really good and we don't talk about values. And then there's the other ones sometimes people fall into that it makes so much sense on paper and the values match up, the family matches up, you know, everything matches up, but you just don't feel it. You don't have that spark, that Wi-Fi connection. And to determine if you fall into one of those or if you're falling into Mr. Right. And yeah, it's it's hard to figure out that Mr. Right portion, but when you feel it, you just feel it, right? So to summarize, if it feels great and you've discussed the future and, and you discuss a lot of your desires and you're both on board and you both shake hands, Go for it. Yeah. If you feel like this is just something off or I'm a little bored or, you know, nothing to look forward to, uh, something's off, something smells fishy, it's probably your best bet to start from square one and go look for what you realistically can find and what can make you happy. I know this is your podcast, <laughs> but I'd like to take, uh, take the mic for a second. Um, you know, you talk about divorce, talk about marriage, you have very beautiful, uh, you have very beautiful opinions, you have a gorgeous mindset, but let's also be honest here. 
marriage is by no means retirement. Marriage is work. Okay. You're, you're not off duty once you get married. Aha, I got married. I'm done here. My, my, my work is done. You have to, you have to work harder. You have to juggle more. And it's, it's not, it's like not wiffle ball. Mm-hmm. You know, you're in, as Jerry Seinfeld said, you're in Afghanistan now. <laughs> you're driving the marriage. tank and juggling three kids and paying for all the bills and running around. You have no more freedom. You got a whole new schedule. It's. You have freedom. I have no freedom. I, if I have freedom, can I go pick up my basketball and go to the park and go play ball for a couple hours? Well, no, not today, but sometimes I you do. I never have Jonathan, freedom. you play basketball I every clock out night. and I've got 120 minutes to get back in here or else police will be at the door. Okay, don't be dramatic. You're not in jail. You're chilling and you play basketball every single night. The happiest in the world, but I have no more free time. Oh my God. My calendar has completely did a 360. I can't go put on my roller skates. Hey, what are you doing? Going to play hockey. Okay, when are you gonna be back? Dinner time, I guess. I, I don't know. It's four hours, five hours. What are you kidding me? Yeah, I've got to work. I would murder Weekends, you. I spend time with my daughter. I spend time with my wife. I can schedule a basketball if I'm smooth enough. You know, I, I then have to be home because if, if we don't hire a babysitter and I, I just can't even go out, or we hire a babysitter, we go out, but the agenda is set. And guess what? If we go out and we party, we're not getting home at 4 a.m. because we got to be up at 7 a.m. at the minimum ready to feed our child and spend an entire day being very attentive and loving. So I've got no more freedom. Um, do you remember our fight? And I would love to hear people's opinions on this. When you called our home jail, you said, I'm locked in jail. I never and I called said, our home jail. Yes, you did. When did I go to yes, home jail? Yes, you did. At one point you said, I am locked in jail. And I said, perdon, Please never call our home jail. And you, to your point of men. Whoa, whoa, you got a men, lot of people here. Okay, you got zero <laughs> viewers at the moment. But once husband. you hit you hit that button, we could have a trillion followers. When did I say that? I don't want you taking okay, this out of context. I'll tell you. We Please. were, we were Please driving. Please explain. And I'll tell you what it was. We were Thank driving you. to Casa Cipriani. Okay. And who knows? It was probably about poker, which like, and you were like, I'm locked in jail. And I said, never call our home jail. But I wasn't you being said, serious. I know this is the difference of men. I've and been women. to jail. I, I, I'm not locked jail. in jail. This is a little more colorful than jail. <laughs> no, so men and women speak differently. You're you're doing locker room talking. You're like blah 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 jail. Like you know. I was just I was locker room talk. I was I chatting. Know. I was saying I'm in jail. Like it's it's a joke, not joke. Ten percent. I know real. it's just so funny. Joke. My mother-in-law said to me on my wedding day, "Marriage is the hardest job you will ever have, and marriage is the best most." beautiful thing ever. And actually on one of our first dates, I said to you, because unfortunately I come from divorced parents and it's an extremely painful, sad, complicated situation. Um, If you're a parent, if anyone is divorced, which 50% of people are. Um, And I said, marriage sucks until it sucks a little less at some point, but I'm never hopping out of this thing. And it really was my mentality, but you showed me that marriage is actually the most freeing thing in the entire world. Yeah, you. And because it just opens up so many amazing opportunities. And actually, Tony Robbins once said that it amplifies, I think, amplifies everything in your life. I think he said about relationships and money. You know, they're not going to make you feel a certain way. It's not like when you get married, you're all of a sudden going to be happy. When you make a certain amount of money, you're all of a sudden going to be happy. But it amplifies these feelings. So if you are already happy, 
and you're in a marriage, your happiness will multiply, right? So marriage is very difficult and things like this come up where you weren't meaning it. You said we were, you were in jail. You were joking. You're a funny guy, whatever. And me, the delicate flower that I am, got very sad until I rationalized it and who cares? I could care less. Um, but something I actually want to just hop in and point out there and probably the biggest advice that I have to give myself and other married women and other, you know, single, single women is that your happiness and your schedule and your joy and all of this relies fully on you. So yes, your, your life changes when you get married, but if, you are waiting for your husband to come home and make you happy and a date to make you happy. You're waiting you know, on your husband comes home after basketball and after a day of work and he wants to sit on the couch and he wants to watch TV and doesn't want to, you know, cuddle up and ask about your day. Sometimes I find in myself and from others I know, they get sad and they're like, oh, my husband doesn't want to connect. Versus because we're, we're waiting for you to we be We want time one. for ourselves also. We're at work sense. all day. And we work out and then we come home. We want to see our daughter. We want to hang out with our wife. But we also want time for ourselves, unwind, to, to hang out with ourselves. And it makes sense. And To watch a little football. And the times that I am affected by that is when I'm not filling myself up. Versus if I make plans with my friends and I make plans with my sister and I go out to a movie or whatever it's going to be that I go to I, or like do things during the day, do things at night. And then the nights that we do connect together, it's because I am full. I am, you know, happy and glowing and fun and cool and full, you know, like, because I want to feel those things. It has nothing to do with you. Whether this goes for dating and married, like if you're in that state of just having fun, being full, being happy, it is so attractive to the world. It feels so good. And again, the nights that you do get to connect with, another human being, whether your partner or date, it just feels really good. And everyone, there's more harmony, right? So you do get your freedom, senor. <laughs> I'm the, I'm flying. I'm flying. But my calendar has changed. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, jumping back three steps for a second, um, because we're talking about love and that's beautiful. Not that I want to talk about divorce, but you say that 50% is such a surprising number. You have divorced. Remember that Uncle Todd that you got that we had dinner with? Yes. Sorry, okay, Todd. So you, you have people that are divorced that are like, listen, it was the right thing for me to do. And it makes sense. People get old. People get married too quickly. They they get married before they're ready. They get they it getting married is an aspect of a leap of faith, right? Sometimes they take a leap onto the wrong boat. That's just life. And then if people separate, it's understandable. As long as it's not personal, you're not emotionally attached. Like it's understandable to look at look at the numbers and say, "Listen, I, I can understand that people get old. The the man starts to get grumpy. He starts to go crazy. The woman starts complaining or or asking for different things. They change. Um, so I mean, listen, divorce is real. The best thing to do is to choose wisely and and to be Prepare yourself that when you make this decision, try to make the best decision you can. Don't just like go out and get married after 24 hours. There is a better chance you get divorced than somebody that actually dated for a year, talked about an enormous amount of things, connected, got to, you know, got to know each other, decided what their future hopefully looks like, accepted one another. 
like accept me for who I am. You know, I, I, I hope I showed you my truest colors and showed you the best of me, but at the same time, you accepted me. I accepted you with nothing but excitement and, uh, you know, and then you have a better chance to stay together. Yes, to be happy. I, I absolutely agree. And of course, divorce should and is in place for an absolute reason. Sure. However, I think that we don't have the tools and know how to be married. I actually think the generation above us, our parents, might have like gotten a little too excited about about the whole divorce thing and didn't have the tools. So the minute they felt like, oh, I'm not happy anymore. We don't like the same things anymore. Like that's going to happen. You're not going to be happy for the entire marriage and happiness is on you. Actually, the name of this podcast, You're Allowed to Your Husband, came up for me because there were moments that you would drive me crazy. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Maybe I didn't think I hate you. Maybe I did, who knows? And I would be like, he's driving me crazy. What do I do? And all of a sudden, up on my Instagram pops Michelle Obama and she has this cute little whole thing that she says, I hated Barack for 10 years. Okay. She hated Barack for 10 years. And all of a sudden you're like, wait, Michelle hates Barack. So I can hate my husband sometimes. And imagine if Michelle decided in those 10 years to divorce Barack, they wouldn't have this amazing, you know, empire and family foundation they've created. So it's not about being happy and loving the personal time. Sure, it's great for that to be a huge portion of it, but in growth, in family, in day-to-day life, shit's gonna come up. It's gonna be tough. And to stick through and kind of that idea of it's gonna suck until it sucks a little less, but you have to zoom out. You have to see the big picture and realize that you're in this to create the foundation for a family. And guess what? A family is the world to come. If you have two kids, those kids have a few kids, before you know it, that's thousands of people below you that you've just influenced through being a strong foundational couple. It's not going to be easy all the time, but if you zoom out, you know why you're in it. But just following up on one thing you said, which is choosing the right partner. So another issue is I don't think people are given the right tools to be married. I don't think they're given the right tools to choose their partner. But I don't think people are given necessarily the right tools on how to be alone and get to know themselves because the time you spend single is getting to know yourself, filling yourself up so you are so whole so that you're not needing anyone to fill your holes. You're not saying, oh my God, I'm going on this date and I hope he likes me. I hope he likes me so I can feel good about myself. Like we said, you're going on the date to saying, I feel so great about myself. Is this my husband? Because I'm looking for, again, like we said, two things. One, does our life path match up? Do our values and our our life goals match up? And two, does this feel really good? Like, does it feel like Mr. Right, you know? And then once you're able to feel good, determine that person, continue qualifying them because that's what dating is, continuing to qualify if this is the right person, recognizing they're not going to be perfect and accepting them exactly for who they are. And then once you sign that contract of marriage, you say, I am sticking with this person through happiness and through not Yes, there will be bumps in the road. Just out of curiosity, did you hate me as a husband or did you hate me as a roommate during these moments? Probably a roommate because you make me be clean Do you think I enjoyed living with you considering that you never cleaned up? 
in private. You go to somebody's house, you're like, oh, let me do the dishes. I'm the queen. I'm the best. And you scream at me. But then we come into our house, you throw all your keys, your masks, your socks, your shoes, your your packages don't get opened up for a week. You're, I mean, it's just, it's wild. I'm a neat freak. I'm organized. I'm clean. And you're a messy P-I-G running around here. You don't think I wanted to throw your clothes out and you with it out of the window? Okay, but how am I doing now? Better. No. Yeah. You have five packages outside. Okay, because... You walk by them every day a hundred times. You never open them Because I'm taking care of our baby. Yes, yes, yes. You're going to use that excuse for the rest of your life that you're taking care of our baby. But you have time to do whatever you want to do during your day. But the packages, they just look me in the face and they say, hello, I'm going to be here for quite (laughs) some time until the next packages come and the next and the next and the next. Okay, putting my ego aside, I apologize. And I will go open those the second we're done here. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, great. Now... I had best friends. I have best friends. I lived with them. I wanted to shoot them after a week. Now, they're still my best friend. They were my best friend before, and they were probably my best friend during our stay together. But living with somebody is not easy. No. So, and that has nothing to, I didn't say to my best friend, you suck as a best friend. I was just like, you suck as a roommate. Mm-hmm. Your dog is pooping all over the apartment. It's absolutely <laughs> disgusting. That is very gross. He's probably looking at me like you're up till 4 a.m. with your buddies while, you know, I hear every word of you partying. Like he wanted to shoot me while he's probably trying to go to sleep. I mean, living with somebody is difficult. It's very difficult. It's Marriage specifically kind of goes against all human nature, which is to live with one person for the rest of your life it happens to be a man and a woman. They happen to maybe be separate ages. They happen to come from different worlds. And one's messy, one's clean. There's typically one in every relationship, so please don't make me out to be like this crazy monster. But, and I'm much better. By the way, I have improved you. You're much better. You started off here and you're here. <laughs> okay, so some okay. improvement. I said you're better. Okay, but I have made you a significantly better person Ask. Anybody. Yes, you have. So, okay. 1,000%. Okay, amazing. So you oh, yeah. see, we're here to improve each other. And yes. But marriage is difficult because you... Marriage is beautiful, it's, but it's work and it's... And it's... Uh, yeah, please continue. Okay, so please tell everybody <laughs> what your favorite thing about me is now. Your favorite thing, my favorite thing about you. Yes, about me, please. Um, you you really are a giver. You, you care a lot about making people happy. Um not by making them just feel happy, but actually helping them improve their life. Um, You're a really good person. You're a really good friend. And you care about a lot of positive things in this world. So um, that's one of the things that I really love about you. And then it's real. It's not just Instagram. It's not Levy by Remy. It's, It's not what you're gonna be saying on this podcast. Like this is how you truly feel and this is, you, you act even nicer when the cameras are off. It's very sweet. And it means a lot because it makes it feel, and I, I know this because you're my husband, that like you really see me for who I am and understand me, right? Because anyone could say, you know, you're a great wife and a great mom and a great you know, friend, even though this is kind of what you said, but like, and you're cute and you're pretty. You could say like, any generic thing, but you really like see the things that I care about that I hope to be because it's what I care most about. Um, so to be seen for who you are and like you said, accepted for who you are is it's so important. Would you like to know what I love about you? Oh, yes. 
Okay, so it's fun to think back of what I was looking for because you really are that plus more, thank God. And you, I was looking for somebody who kind of energized the room, uplifted the room, made everything a little more positive, like took the positive spin on things and never like dragged down the energy, but just uplifted the world, like elevated the world per se and and believed in something greater. So didn't think they were necessarily like, you know, the head of all, like believed in something greater and spirituality in the sense that things happen for a reason. Let's understand ourselves, understand the world, better the world. Family is everything. Um, just care about others as well. Um, to have a foundation. There's, um, I'm definitely forgetting a few things, but yeah, you really had everything and more that I wanted. Just fun, loving. And sometimes a funny thing is that my favorite, favorite qualities of you are in confidence and like loving themselves and loving it. That's another thing. But my favorite qualities about you sometimes do are the ones that are like the hardest. Um, Cause there's times where like a hard thing will happen in my life. And like, I want to be depressed for a second. You know, I want to be sad and cry. And you immediately show me why I shouldn't be sad about it. And, you know, in those moments you're like, okay, but what if I just want to be depressed right now? And you, you don't allow me to in the best, best, best way possible. So you just bring light into the world. And that's actually something I hope to do. And, but you teach me every day. day, So thank you. With pleasure. I think every day is a blessing. And even if you have a bad moment, or you receive bad news or unfortunate news. Be strong. Move on. Tomorrow's another day. Work on it. But enjoy the blessing. Enjoy the sky. Enjoy this life. Enjoy this home. Enjoy our daughter. We we have our health, thank God. Like we have so many blessings. You know, not everybody has uh, all these blessings. So just be happy. Yeah, gotta and be happy. I think you gotta stay happy. I think you once told me that. Um, you know, there's a moment that things were tough and listen, they were tough. I, we were going through a lot and everyone does at some point. And I was like, oh, Jonathan, my life sucks because of this and this and this and this. And I just had my laundry list of reasons. My life sucked. And you waited till I was done. And then you said, okay, I have a question, Remy. And you said, would you sell your eyes for a million dollars? And I looked at you and I was like, oh, that's not what I was talking about. I was trying to cry, you know? And you were like, would you sell your eyes for a million dollars? I said, no, I'm very claustrophobic. And God forbid the thought of that makes me like, ah. Good girl. And then you said, would you sell them for $2 million? I said, no. You said, let me ask you, would you sell them for a billion dollars? I said, no. He said, then you are worth a billion dollars, Remy. You have your eyes, thank God. You are worth a billion dollars. And that's just, just your eyes, thank God. You've got your legs, your ears, your beautiful mouth. You've got you've got a lot of things. So you're multi-billionaire. And we shouldn't look at like something like so small and be like so upset about it because we've got so much to be thankful for. Yeah. And I think that's part of all of this is like when you over-focus on the, the small things in your life that aren't going well. I heard something recently that said, it was something about like seven skinny cows swallowed the seven fat cows. And it was saying oh. that. <laughs> That's not a fun sight to imagine. 
<laughs> okay, but what I was saying is that we often take the, you know, if, if you are a farmer, like you want the fat cows because that's what's going to make you money and and feed you and all of You're that. You're farming now. Okay, good. Exactly. But if the if the skinny cows that aren't going to give you enough swallow the the fat cows, yeah. then you are only focusing on, I don't have enough. Um, you know, the, the my life sucks. I don't have enough. Versus if you recognize, oh my God, so much is going well in my life. And to always want to improve yourself, improve your life, that's totally normal. But to recognize how far you've come, how much you have, and seeing every single day is half full. Not even half full, overflowing. I'm not in love with the skinny cow, fat cow story, but I understand the message. I agree with the message and I love you. Okay, amazing. I love that. Can we go to a quick question of mine? Yes. Okay, what would your advice be or one advice for someone who's single and dating? Male or female? Female. Female. My advice for a female who is dating. Um, Take care of yourself. Be happy, be yourself, be true. Don't put on a show. Don't be fake. Um, Have faith, have confidence and, um, and do what's best for you. Do what's best for you. Don't go out there and try to make your date happy. Um, Do you, you know? And then with that said, if it's meant to be, if you're if you're with the right person on the right date, it's gonna be easy. It's gonna be real easy. It's gonna be a smooth success. Beautiful. And what would your advice be to somebody who's dating someone and can't figure out if it's the one? You can get married, you could be happy. You know, it's not like we only have one person in this entire world that we can ever marry. Um, but you have to weigh your options. If you can afford to kind of hope for better, then probably stand up, have a little respect for yourself and, um, or try to better the relationship. And if it doesn't improve, then, you know, kind of just hope that you'll find better, um, I think that if there's something a little bit off, then it's either the not the right timing or it's not the right person. Um, so nobody's ever a thousand percent there, but if you're ninety percent there plus, you you've got you've got the ingredients. Just commit, and you're probably good to go. Amazing. Just to give an anecdote with that, how did you know when I was the one? How were you like? I'm gonna buy the ring now. Um, it felt right. It felt right. Was there and a I moment? was happy was there to a moment? mentally commit to spending the rest of my life with you, start a family, God willing. And it felt like it was the right time to, to say, let's do it. I like that. I remember you giving an analogy about skiing. Can you tell me about that? I think, uh, I think what I said was that, like, when you're dating a good girl, um, you know, you're you're on the top of the mountain and you just get off the ski lift and you're, just, you're going, you're not fast, not going down the mountain yet, but you're, like, starting to gain speed and you're like, okay, starting to move, starting to move. And that's what dating is in the first few dates. And, 
you know, if the girl's the right partner for you and if things are right and you just keep going down the hill and you're faster and faster and faster and you just gain momentum, you gain speed. You know, once you're flying down the mountain, you're saying, you know, this, this is really good. This is really good. If you're having doubts, if you're having issues, then you're probably stopping and stuff. So it's like you don't have the speed. But like if you really have the momentum behind you and you're feeling great, then um, and it all works and it's the right timing for you, that's when you know. Beautiful. And can you just tell everyone that I'm the best skier in the entire world? You happen to be a professional skier. Very really good. good. I'm New York, pop, 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 like this, and I'm very happy with it. However, you are a graceful, elegant, beautiful skier, and it's a great sight to see you. Please, please teach our daughter how to ski. Oh, I will. Way. That um, seems pretty much like descriptions of our personality, too. I am this beautiful mama, and you are. I uh, I have no argument for you. <laughs> I love that. And then, last question: What would your advice be for a married woman? For a married woman, um, and again, every married woman is married to a totally different character, so to each their own. But um, make him happy. Allow him, allow your husband to, to be themselves as long as they respect themselves, but also balance respecting the marriage, respecting the wife. Give him space. Give him space to enjoy himself. Um, men like to do to do the boys thing, do the solo thing. Uh, we, we like to spend time with ourselves. We also love to take our wife dancing and we like to get drunk and we like to stay in and be and detox we're, we're you know we're crazy guys so as long as he's respecting you and giving you your time slot let him have his time slot you know you're living together you're married but it doesn't mean everything you have to do is 24 7 together give him his time to go wild and that if that means having his boys over for backgammon and and cigars and, and scotch and like support it, embrace it. Ask him if he wants the music, the Sonos louder or something like, let them be happy with themselves. They will in turn try to make you double as happy. Beautiful, I love that. I'm just gonna go through quickly. My advice to somebody who's single actually all of the way until marriage, um, specifically women, again, because that's what I know, is the biggest focus first is on making yourself happy, filling yourself up so much, doing fun activities. I think it works for yourself and for connection in your relationship is even make a list of activities that are really, really fun and make you feel really good because the more you do that, the happier you, are, happier you are and the more the universe wants to give more to you. Same with your relationship. If there's things that you both like to do together, do a whole lot more of that. The lighter, the happier you are in life, the more good that's going to come your way. So I would go across the board with that. All right. Welcome to your allowed to hear your husband, a modern day love story. Perfect. Bra freaking bow. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We hope you liked it as much as we did. Now go send it to someone who needs to hear it because we know that dating, relationships, marriage can be tough. 
but we want to make it less tough. And remember, you're allowed to hate your husband. Whatever you're feeling is allowed. So go send it to a friend, to your sister, your brother, maybe your boyfriend, a husband, whoever needs to hear this, send it to them. And while you're at it, click the follow button, click the review button. Always feel free to reach out if you have any questions. And we are so excited to see you in our next episode.